Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in a brand new series we started. Well, brand new. New. We started it last week, so it was brand new last week, I guess. It's new this week. On the church, this is part two, and we're going to take some time talking about the church in the weeks ahead. Um, Last week, we looked about what the church is, and I, I said to you that the church is people. And I encourage you to really make sure you're thinking it that way, that we have a tendency to think about the church as the facility, an event, something that we go and do. We go to church. Uh, we, we came, you know, tonight you came to church. And uh, I stressed with you last week that that's not the church. The, the church, uh, whenever you see that word in the Bible, it always refers to um, people. Either refers to the group of all Christians who have ever lived or it refers to a group of believers in a specific place. So you are the church. We are the church. You, you don't go to the church. You are the church. You go to the church facility, um, and that's great, and we encourage that, but you, you are the church. When you leave here, the church has left the building. When we shut and lock the door tonight, the church is out there. Oh. And this just sits here as the empty facility of the church until we come back in the morning. And then once, once you come back, the church is back, and that's the, how it works. So I think it's really important that you allow that to resonate um, deep inside because it changes the way that you think about this life and um, about the church and, and about Jesus. I, I think it changes everything uh, to understand that we're the church and that um, it's not something that we go and do. Um, it, we're it. And, and having that as the way that you look at this whole process will change uh, your thinking about a lot of things, about what that looks like. Because, uh, you know, even the sort of ideas, well, that's the church's responsibility. Well, yes, and that's you. <laughs> and that, that's just an amazing thing, right? I mean, it's like the church should be doing that. I agree. <laughs> I'm in. That's you. So uh, that's how, see, this, it takes on a different sort of uh, understanding when we begin to let that process through us. We're the church. All of us together are the church. Uh, and, and that if you're a follower of Christ, you're a part of the body of Christ, you're the church. We talked about that, and I said that, um, that one of the things that we need to make sure we understand is that, that we're a people that God created for good deeds, and, and that, that we're a people of mission. And so I want to develop that concept a little this week, and then we're going to go from there in, in uh, several different areas in the weeks ahead. But that's what we're heading into, where we're going. All right, transition time which most of you know what that means. Bad joke time. Last week I had, uh, I had lunch over at the Chinese restaurant over here and I had a little accident. Uh, I ended up swallowing the little note that was inside of the dessert cookie and that little accident cost me a fortune. <laughs> that was awesome. He just got it. Uh, It's even better. (laughs) Scripture reading. Colossians 1, 15 through 20. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. 
And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to, reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So as we start to look at some verses about the church and that we're the church of Jesus, he's the head, we're the body, I want to begin to um, put some concepts together with you about the church. And let me say before I guess, I, I love the church, um, which is good considering what I'm called to do, but, but I love the church. I love when the church is gathered. I love the history of the church. Um, I feel honored to be a part of the history of the church, of his story and all that that means, uh, and um, there's nothing like it. There's just nothing like it. And so, um, things we need to know. Point number one in your is, notes is that we are a people of mission. We talked about this a little last week, um, that we were created for good deeds, and we looked at several verses. It's, it's what we do as the, as the church, um, is that we have a purpose. We have a mission. We're here um, with a calling, and, and that it's extremely important that, that we all get a hold of this concept that we are a people of mission. The, the, you know, the, the reason that we're just kind of not zapped out of here when we figure it out in Christ is because we have things we are created to do, um, good works, good deeds, to make a difference, to help others who are stuck and, and who, who need to find the kingdom of God and be rescued from the kingdom of darkness. And so we're a people of mission. And Jesus lays out our mission for us in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Most of you will know this mission. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age great great command a great commission and a great promise that Jesus is with us till the end of the age until and that means until he comes back the end of this age uh, and just before the age to come and Jesus comes and gets us he's with us he'll, he'll always be with us but he's with us now and that we need to be aware of that, that, that he is with us. He is with us in our mission uh, that he's called us to. So he doesn't just call us his mission and say, see you in a while. Um, he still and always will be with us. And we also have some other amazing help in this process of being a people of mission. And one of these things that we have, it's very cool, point number two, is that we have the keys of the kingdom. We have the keys of the kingdom. Jesus gives the keys to the kingdom to the church when he places them in the hands of Peter. Most of you remember this, but I want to read it to you. Matthew 16, 13 through 19, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. What about you, he asked, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. The word Christ, Messiah, anointed one. Peter, re revealed to him by God, gets it, 
gets who Jesus is, gets why he's here, and he's saying that in the statement. And Jesus says to him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. On this rock. Um, a lot of people have different ideas what that means, but my, my belief fully in is this rock is this understanding that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. It's revealed to us by the Father, and when we get a hold of it, and we, we proclaim it and stand on it, he goes, that's it, you've got it, and it's that that will build my church, and nothing will overcome it. I brought that verse up last week, the gates of Hades will not overcome it. It's the only institution with that kind of promise. Um, as we head in this, this amazing story that, that the church will prevail because Jesus is with us. And he says then, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. <clears throat> as the church, we've been given the keys, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And, and this is what this, see, having the keys, a lot of people think, well, then the church has control of all this stuff and everything. And to me, all this means is this. Having the keys, keys means that we have access in Christ to everything that we need in the kingdom of God to fulfill the mission and purpose that we've been called to. We have access to everything. The keys are about access. Keys are about access. And, and uh, th- this is the most amazing thing. We have access to the the kingdom of God, to the kingdom of heaven in Christ. We talk about that a lot, but the, that reality sinks in. Not only has Jesus called us to mission and promised to be with us, he's also said, I give you the keys of the kingdom, everything you need to fulfill the mission and purpose that you have here in the kingdom of God is available to you. And so we have the keys. And you know, I, I have, how many of you have keys? You carry keys around? See, key, so I'm going to show you. These are my regular keys. Let me, let me get them out of my pocket. These are keys. Now, this is crazy, right? This is, it feels like a lot of keys to me. And do you know every once in a while I will actually um, clip some of these keys off because I don't know what they're for? And then I, and I don't even miss them. Does that ever happen to you? I'm always trying to figure out what the keys are and trying to condense them because I think, well, this is too many keys, really. But, but, and, and somehow they all end up on here. But keys are really important. Today, when I came into the facility, um, I needed to get into a room because there was tables we needed for an event. And because of the event we had the night before, that door had been locked. And none of us could find a key. I could not find a key to that door. I was locked out of a room. I needed to get into it. I had people coming and things were starting to back up. And we had this, we have this ridiculously full bag of keys. That uh, uh, You would think that we would have this together and we don't. And, and uh, I went through all those keys and, and it was hot when I first got here. I just, and I was, anybody ever get frustrated? So you had to kind of picture me needing to get into a room that I can't get into and going through this bag of keys. There's probably like a hundred keys and I'm going through them one at a time. And then so I don't confuse it. I'm just dropping it on the floor and actually because it makes me feel good. <laughs> I'm not getting upset, but I am, I'm, and I'm, I'm sweating because it's hot. I, I brought that up because I'm, by this time I'm actually dripping and I'm going through every key and I went through every key in that bag and none of them worked. And I called Fran and the you got a key to that door? No. Fran showed up, my son showed up, and uh, finally Doug forced his way in there with a screwdriver. But that's not the point. 
it kind of messes the illustration up from there. If I'd have found the key, it would have been really good. I would have had access. But, but I was thinking that's funny that that happened today, and I'm talking about this. Um, see, if without the key, we don't have access. Without, without this, this promise that we have in Christ and everything that Jesus had done at the cross, we don't have access to all the things that we need uh, to fulfill this mission. But, but because we've been given, the church has been given the keys to the kingdom, we have access to the kingdom of God in Christ, full and complete access now and forever. And that, that, that's not a frustrating thing. It's not, we don't have to search through the bag for a hundred different keys to find the one we want and throw the ones we don't want. We've got it in Christ. We've got our way in. And, and in, we have access to do what we need to do. Not just so that we're in, but, but so that we can do the mission we're called to. See, it's great to be in. I love, I love the fact that, you know, I love the concept of eternal life. I mean, I, I, get, I love it. That's cool. Uh, but, but there's more to it than that. See, the, the concept of eternal life begins now. The moment you come to know Jesus, your eternal life begins. And so you, you have a hand in, in eternity now. And to be a part of the eternal story by getting a hold of the mission and joining in with it with Jesus. Uh, and the mission is to rescue people from darkness. Um, it's, it's about reconciling the world to himself. And, and 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 19 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that's us, we're in the church, we're the church, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. That's really cool. We're new creations in Christ, filled with the Spirit. That doesn't mean that we're perfect, because we know that we're not. And, and the old is gone, that's how God sees us. That's really good. Some of us are still dealing with some mess, but that's part of it. But all this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. See, we're, we partner with him in this message because we've been reconciled. And, and we have access to everything we need to fulfill this mission. Every, the kingdom of God, we have access to the kingdom now and forever in Christ. And, and we're to tell others that, that this is all part of the process. So Jesus is with us until, until the end of the age forever. Um, we have the keys of the kingdom. We have access to the kingdom of God in Christ. And point three, we also have the Holy Spirit. Certainly, you know, it's the last point, but not least of the things that we're talking about, the Holy Spirit. Jesus sends the Holy Spirit to lead and to guide and to empower us for mission. He said this in, uh, Jesus said this in Acts 1. Um, well, he's going to say it in a minute. It starts with Luke talking. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. And he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Now, here's what Jesus said. Do not leave Jerusalem. But wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority. But here we go. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You'll receive power to be my witnesses, to share in this mission that we've been given.
to let people know about what God has done, that they might be reconciled to him, to share with them the amazing good news. And, and, and that part of what we do is to live lives in, in a way that allows us to share that with people and always keeping a hold of that, never you know, losing sight of, of the grace that we've been given and, and the, that we're to be a, 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 an aroma, a, a, a pleasing one that attracts people to God. That's our calling. It's why we're here. It's our purpose. We weren't called to be finger pointers and tell everybody how bad they are. We're called to let them know how much God loves them. And certainly in, in, in the, the good news message is the reality that we're all sinners and need to repent, and that certainly needs to happen to come to know him. But, but it's, it's the way that we present it and, and the way that we live it out and the way that we demonstrate his love and, and concern and care and grace and mercy and, and act like um, the people he's created us to be. Loving others on purpose because of the love he has for us. And so under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the church begins to take shape. We begin to, to take on the shape of, of the people of God that he's called us to be. And in Acts 2.42 through 47, we see what the church started doing um, in, in the process. The Holy Spirit was poured out on them as, as Peter uh, as uh, Luke, uh, as Jesus told them, and, and Luke said it would, and Peter stands up and he preaches, and the Holy Spirit comes, and 3,000 are added to the church. And then they're added daily from that point on. People are added daily to the church. And here's what they were doing in Acts 2.42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe. And many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and good, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. There was something about this group under the anointing of the Spirit and the way that they got together the way that they fellowshiped, the way that they ate together and prayed together and worshiped together, it gave them great favor among the people and because of the favor, people were coming to know the Lord daily. And so I wanna, I wanna dig into those verses in the weeks ahead and I want you to, to think about this, kind of leave you with this, this thought as you go, that the church, that's us, it's ultimately about relationship. It's about our relationship with God it's about our relationship with the people of God and it's about our relationships with those who do not yet know Jesus and that these relationships are developed in the context of worship and discipleship and fellowship and mission and so I want to look at those areas together in the weeks ahead and what that means as the church as we come together because we are the church what we do under the anointing of the Holy Spirit in order to make a difference in the world around us to be the people of mission we've been called to and have an impact um, that, that glorifies God because of the way that we live this thing out among the people. And that, that's my heart's cry here in the keys. It's just uh, for the continued favor of God and people so that we can win some to Christ. One more. One more. Just one more. You know, I say one more and one more, but until there's no more, one more. Um, just one more. Just so we keep with that idea that that's what it's all about and that all of us are, are part of that mission.
and what that looks like. So think about that um, this week, if you would, this idea of relationship. The church is all about relationship with God, the people of God, with people who don't yet know Jesus, and, and that it's, it's in the context of worship, discipleship, fellowship, and mission. And so that's what we're going to talk about in the weeks ahead, but that's a good place for us to end today. If you're watching by video, thank you so much for doing that, or on television, we'd love for you to come and visit. If you need prayer, go to the website. There's a spot for prayer, and then we'll make sure that we pray for you.